So tonight is one of our favorite nights. It's called To Be Honest. And just like that video said, we're going to give you guys the opportunity to ask us some questions. Maybe you've had a question for a very long time about Jesus and your walk with faith. Maybe you just want to ask us a silly question. I don't know. But now is your opportunity to do so. So you guys can text your questions, anything that you might have. You can try and stump us. You can just be genuinely curious. Whatever it is, to 970-343. 4640, and it's just a phone number, so you guys can text straight into that text box like you normally would anyone else, and know that your questions are anonymous as well. So if you guys have a question, you're like, eh, I wouldn't normally ask this to somebody because it's kind of embarrassing, now is your perfect opportunity. They're going to come straight to Tom's computer right here. We don't know where they're coming from, and we will ask or answer those questions right here on the spot. So what do you have for us tonight, Pastor Tom? Let's see. We have got a couple coming in for, from uh, 4640 Camp uh, asking about cell phones. Oh, what yes. to explain that? Cell phones, they are an uh, essential part of our life, right? We use them every day, pretty much all day, every day. But for the last year or so, you know, through the pandemic, everybody looked at their screens a lot, right? You would agree? Like, I looked at Netflix, like, constantly. So we made a choice that at camp we're going to do no phones. Um, And I know that that's kind of an unpopular decision, and it's kind of hard, especially because, like, I know a lot of us want to take pictures and stuff like that, but um, we really felt like we just needed a break, you know, needed a break from our lives here at home, um, everything that's going on on social media. So we made the choice not to do phones. And the other reason we made the choice not to do phones is they don't work where we're going anyway. (laughs) Like, you could find maybe one bar of, like, extended 1X. You know when you're at, like, grandma's house and she doesn't have Wi-Fi or all that, and you're like at the window, you're like trying to get that enough just to look like your, your Instagram feed just to load, just the first three, and it'll, you can look at those three for an hour. Just me? Okay. Uh, but so it's not going to work anyway. There's not Wi-Fi. There's barely, barely any cell phone reception. So we're going to ask that you don't bring your phone. Now, if that's like not a thing, like you have to have it, like your mom won't let you go anywhere without it. You can bring it and we'll check it in um, to us at, during registration and then you can check it out to like check within check in with your mom and stuff like that. Although it's really gonna be hard to do that and pointless. We just wanna get away, right? That's the whole point of camp is get away from home, get closer to Jesus and it's hard to do that when a phone is in our face, right? And that's for all of us. It's not like a um, old people, young people thing. I need a break from my phone too. So I'm actually very looking forward to not having it with me. And there is an emergency contact number. So if there were some kind of emergency and your parents needed to get a hold of you, they can call that number. So at registration, parents will be handed that little card. Just, you know, we understand there are emergencies. Fair enough. Okay, a lot of questions coming in. Um, here's one. Is listening to a song with curse words in it a sin? That's hard to say. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> I look at you because... <laughs> Because some, yeah. (laughs) I have been known to listen to songs that have curse words in them sometimes. And it's a problem, I know. I'm not advocating for that. I try really hard not to. But sometimes the artist doesn't mark that the song is explicit, and it is. And you find out at your boardroom table while you're listening to music with all your uh, co-workers. And then all of a sudden there's some stuff that you're like, I didn't know that this was in this song. But um, it's, it. Cursing is a sin, right? It's, it's God wants us to have a clean mouth and speak purely, have a pure heart, all that stuff. And so, yes, it's 
it's one of those things where we're like, yeah, whatever, you know, people just let it slide. But there's a verse in the Bible where it talks about everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. So it's like, yes, you will be forgiven. Yes, there is grace. You can listen to that song and it can honestly not be that big of an issue, but is it beneficial to your spiritual life, right? So is what that song is singing about, that explicit content, those curse words and stuff, is that honoring God? Is that growing your faith? Is that bringing you closer to him or is it not? So you kind of have to measure it that way. Um, yeah. Yeah, and if you're listening to a song and you have an icky feeling on the inside, that's probably the Holy Spirit bringing you what a fancy church word would call conviction. And it's really just the Lord saying, hey, probably shouldn't be listening to this. I'm not trying to judge you. But also, I don't want to be near Nicki Minaj and that yuckiness. And so if you're listening to a song and you feel that yucky feeling, you feel that little bit of conviction inside, that's probably the Holy Spirit saying, hey, turn something else on. Doesn't mean you can only listen to Christian music for the rest of your life. You can turn on some other music that doesn't have curse words or talk about ladies' butts and things. Right. Yeah, so that's uh, 1 Corinthians 10.23. Um, in the NLT, it says, you say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say I'm allowed to do everything, but not everything is beneficial. So just because you are free to choose, you are free to listen to that song, doesn't mean it's the right choice. Okay, here's a good one. What do you do when your friend is doing something wrong? Hello. <laughs> um, that's a good, I, I guess um, a category would be nice, like what kind of something wrong. Um, if it's harmful, like bring an adult into it. Um, if it's self-harm, if it's harming someone else, if it's like anything that is unsafe to that person, please bring an adult into it. If it's like someone's... Um, just making wrong choices or going down a wrong path. Um, as a friend, it's okay to confront your friends. That doesn't mean you're a bad friend. That actually means you love them. If you can bring truth to like, hey man, I see this is going on in your life. Like, have you thought about where this is taking you? Um, and, and this is coming from a non-confrontational person. Um, <laughs> but it, it is really true. Like, I think that the Lord puts other people in our life to help bring light and truth um, in our lives. And so be that light to them, um, help shine truth on those wrong choices. Um, and, and honestly, in the end, like they might initially be upset with you, but in the end, that person might thank you and be like, yeah, I didn't see that. Like that was a blind spot or, or I wasn't paying attention. Like to have, like, you, that's a good friend of you to confront someone who is making wrong choices. Yeah. Proverbs 27, six says faithful are the wounds of a friend. So what that means is when you have a relationship with somebody, you're close with them. It means you can call them out. You can have that hard conversation. You can tell them what they need to hear and not what they want to hear. And they can look at the, the track record of your relationship and know, okay, they're telling me the truth. They're not just being mean. Um, Proverbs 27, 17 also says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. So we actually have like a responsibility to our friends to say that hard thing, to say that last 2% and not pull any punches with them. Because when we just let people sit in their wrongdoing, let them, when it's hurting others, like that comes back on us too. It's not just like their own problem. Like indifference is just as bad as um, like sin and stuff like that. Yeah. But also know that you are not responsible for the happiness of your friends. 
Um, it is not 100% on you to protect them. It is not 100% on you to make them feel happy or secure. If they are putting those expectations on you, that is unfair and unhealthy of them to do so. And so if you've had those conversations, if you've said the things that you need to say and they will not listen, that's where prayer has to come in. And I know that we say prayer is an answer to so many things, but I've had so many hard conversations that come out with no fruition, right? They just don't listen. They just want to hear the things that they want to hear. And so at that moment, you kind of have to just wipe your hands and say, enough with the confrontation, enough with these hard conversations where I just feel like I'm losing, losing, losing in every single scenario. Now I'm just going to pray and I'm just going to release control of the situation to Jesus and trust him with it. Yeah, that's good. What is a good way to get someone to come to church when they have had bad experiences with other churches? Well, bring them to 4640. I yeah. mean, <laughs> right? Like this is a pretty good place to bring somebody who has had a bad experience with church because we don't really do church like a lot of other churches, right? What other church have you ever been to that has a spider jump or the ledge swing and all that stuff that does the fun outdoor stuff and goes to camp and all that stuff? Like we make it really fun here so that people want to bring their friends here so that they get the chance to meet Jesus. That's the whole point. This isn't just another rec center. It's not just a place to come hang out. This is the house of God. And so our goal here is to make it really hard for any teenager in the Grand Valley to go to hell. Um, and that's why we have all the cool stuff we do. Yeah. And I think just recognizing too, like your job is to invite, but it's actually the Holy Spirit's job to draw them yeah. to himself. And so recognizing your responsibility in it is like, you can invite and say, well, come with me, check this out, but recognize it is the Holy Spirit's job that will bring them to himself. And also this summer is a really, really great low pressure time to yeah. do so. Like it doesn't even feel like church, even though we are going to preach about Jesus at some point, but we'll every night we will. I'm sorry. I, that came out wrong. But like, there's going to be a mud pit. There's going to be carnivals. There's going to be like all this really crazy stuff. And so you don't even have to say to your friend, Hey, come to church with me. You can literally say, Hey, come and do this fun activity. It's going to be awesome. And we promise to do the rest. We also do our hardest to never make your friends feel judged, to never make them feel like we are holier than thou. We want to treat your friends so well. And we promise that if you get them through these doors, we will love them and we will make them feel welcome. Yeah, church is not a museum for perfect people. It's a hospital for the sick and the broken, right? So anybody who's struggling with anything, they have a place here. That's what Jesus wants, right? Is to bring the hurting, the broken, the sick, the lost, bring them here and we can teach them about Jesus, come around them, love them, minister to them, get them the help they need. And, and all that just starts with you inviting somebody. And honestly, like when you take away all the excuses of like, I'll give you a ride, I'll help you get dinner, I'll take you home. Like don't give them a reason to say no. Um, like just get them in the building and then we're, that's our jobs literally is to help people come to know Jesus. So you get them in the door and we'll get them to know Jesus. So this person asks, and it's kind of harsh, but then I'm going to add to it. It says, how, to, how do you deal with atheist liberals? And I'm going to add anybody who thinks differently or is a non-Christian type. Well, added that second uh, part. tell us how you really feel. <laughs> um, um, I would say, like... First of all, we should meet people with truth and love. That's what scripture says, is we know that Jesus died and rose for our sins, that he is the one true God, all of that. And we know the truth because we've experienced him, right? We've been here in this room. We've felt the spirit move, um, all of that stuff. And so we're supposed to meet them 
with truth and love. So we're not going to war. Um, and so nobody's ever been argued into the kingdom or yelled at into the kingdom or beat over the head with scripture into the kingdom. They've been loved into the kingdom. It's like Sarah said earlier, um, the Holy Spirit does his job to soften hearts and bring them in. In the Bible, it says, um, talking about the Holy Spirit, apart from me, you can do nothing. And so if we're not filled from the Spirit um, with our words and how we're interacting with those people, especially people who think differently than us, believe differently than us, they're not going to hear what we have to say anyway. Because, I mean, how many people have we talked to over the years that have just been beaten down and broken by religion? And, um, and that just breaks my heart because there's so much just beauty and, and love that Jesus has for these people and beauty and religion as well. Um, that is accessible to them. And, and it, it breaks my heart that there's been this, this like cultural divide around Christians and everyone else. It's not an us against them thing. It's an us in bringing them into the church. Yeah, and you look at how Jesus lived. He didn't hang out with like all the good Christians. Like Jesus hung out with sinners. He hung out with prostitutes and tax collectors and people who made wrong choices. Um, and, and so our job, again, is to pray for them. Our job is to be kind and loving to them. Jesus, like we have to live how he did. Like if we want them to know Jesus, if we want them to, to see his love, we have to be that to them. And also I would challenge you um, if you, whatever your government beliefs are, pray for your leaders. Mm -hmm. Whether that leader is the one that you would have voted for, whether that leader is who you absolutely love or absolutely hate, please pray for them Pray for them to have wisdom. Pray for them to come to know Jesus if they don't already. And also know that it's not a coincidence that that leader is in power. Whether you agree with them or not, God is not surprised by the outcomes of the election. And it says in Isaiah 9, 6, the government will be on his shoulders, on Jesus's shoulders. It rests upon him. And so when we speak out against our government and we say terrible things, even though we are frustrated and even though things may be happening that we don't agree with, Rather than complaining, pray about it. Pray about what you see that is wrong in the world and trust that it is on Jesus's shoulders and he's got this and he is not surprised by any of it. And I think it's important to, in Proverbs 4, it says the power of life and death is in the tongue. And so our words carry a lot of weight. They have a lot of power behind them. And so we need to recognize that although it's okay to have an opinion about politics, we have to really temper and be careful about how we share it because sometimes our beliefs, they don't line up with somebody else. And if we're trying to witness to them and we come at them with this really harsh political stance, even if you just post it on Facebook, that's your right to do so. You have the power of free speech. But just like it says um, in 1 Corinthians 10, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Does it really matter if you put that out there? Does that help people come to know Jesus? Does that help you witness to people to know Jesus. Our opinions carry great weight. And I think just recognizing, if you guys will like recognize the scheme of the enemy and that is to divide. And so when you are calling someone an atheist liberal, like that's causing division when they don't agree with you. Like so many people that Jesus hung out with, again, didn't necessarily agree with him. And, and that is exactly what the enemy wants. So I feel like when, that, when you let that division come in, you're letting the enemy win instead of being like, okay, wait, we can disagree, but we can still be kind and loving and, and point them to Jesus and, and don't let that division in. Okay, on a lighter note, a couple of people must be hungry in here. They're asking about <laughs> what is your favorite fast food? I suppose oh, each of you need to answer that. Mm. 
You guys go first because I have to think a lot about okay. this. Okay, okay, okay. I really like locally Chick-fil-A. If you're not local, Raising Cane's is really, really good. And Freddy's is also, I'm a big fan. You picked three. I, I can't decide. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it would be like picking your favorite child. You just It's not fair. Sarah, how about you? I don't know. You don't know? I don't. I know mine, and this is a controversial topic, oh. and I'm glad that neither Will or Joe are here to hear this. But um, Panda Express, 100% hands down. Is I that would, fast food? I don't know if it counts. It has a drive-thru. Oh, it like does? Like the standalone ones have a drive-thru. Oh. Yeah, so I would classify that as Panda Express. Okay. However... It is a step above, like, mall Chinese food. We can all agree, right? Yeah. It's really yeah. good. Yeah. Like, one time, when actually, like, the first time I ever talked to my wife, it was at an Amped event, and I was at the food court of the, was at the Park Meadows Mall we went to. There's a Panda Express there, and I had a big plate, which is uh, the three-serving plate of all orange chicken, and then I ordered a fourth helping of orange chicken. <laughs> So I'm sitting there, I'm eating orange chicken, just minding my own business, having the best time ever. And Sierra, my wife, walks up to me. And she's like, what's in the little box? And I was like, uh, More. It's, it's orange chicken. <laughs> she's like, isn't that all orange chicken? I was like, sure is. And we've been married for four years. It's the best. So Panda Express is awesome. Okay, I mean, I guess if we're thinking like, Anything that has a drive-thru, Panera Bread has drive-thru. And but that's, that's fast casual. That's a whole other thing. I, I guess I don't understand the category. I mean, let's just be real. I really like a double-decker Supreme from Taco Bell. I don't know. Woo. <laughs> All right. Back to 4640 Camp. A couple questions. 4640 Camp, do you have explicit dress code or just an honor system? And then also something about the colors, about why, they, why such a big deal about the colors that you wear also? So kind okay. of a two-part question. I'll, I'll take this one, Sean. I won't. Yeah, thank you. you. I okay. don't want to talk about this. So dress code for camp. So we'll Modest talk. is hottest. Thank you. You're off. Pastor Sarah. Okay. That was from Oklahoma, what you sure just was. said. Yeah, okay. So let's talk about the do's of camp first, okay? So what you should do is you should dress in your color. You guys, I personally am the pink color team captain. And can I just tell you that me and Amber, who's my co-captain, we are going all out, okay? Like, I've got pink everything. And what happens is when you dress in pink, because I'm talking to my team right now, you terrify the other teams, okay? You bring about a lot of intimidation, which is really, really good, okay? I'm not, you, I'm not intimidated by the color. Just to be well, clear. you should be, and we're going to show you why. Okay. Okay. So wear your pink like colors. Correct. It is very, it is so much fun, you guys. When people participate in this type of thing, and I promise you guys, you're not going to be the only one that is dressing your team color. Everybody is going to do it. Now, you don't have to spend thousands of dollars to buy a brand new outfit. You can go to Goodwill. You can go to the different places and get things cheap. But please wear your team colors. We're going to give out points for it. It's going to be a theme the entire weekend. And you are going to feel silly if you are the only one not dressing in your team color. Okay? Uh, so I am pink team leader. Brittany is purple team. She's awesome. She's you guys committed. She has purple hair. She's she had purple, purple hair. hair for like five years. Yeah. So that's really awesome. That's natural. Um, <laughs> Joe is blue team leader, yes. and I'm the orange team leader. And do you know why I'm the orange team leader? Um, okay, so those are the team leaders. <laughs> because, so, because cuties are orange, and I'm a cutie. Uh, 
Nope. You lose points for that one, Sean. Okay. Uh, so wear that. your team colors, please. You are going to regret it if you don't. Also wear, uh, bring black or camo to play that Call of Duty game. Because if you're the only person in a bright orange shirt, you're not going to win the game. And winning is important. Also, things not to bring to camp, okay? Do not bring shoes that you cannot walk around a lot in. We're going to be walking a lot. Um, boys, don't bring shirts that aren't really shirts. Um, and what I mean is it should cover the majority of your torso. So if it's got huge gaping holes on the sides, just don't bring them. Just be clothed, preferably. Bring layers um, because it can get cold at night. And ladies, let's just do a little girl talk here, okay? Earmuffs, boys. Earmuffs. <laughs> just kidding. Don't, don't earmuff. It's fine. Okay. So, ladies, um, we're not going to be very super, super, super strict where you have to wear clothes that go down to your ankles or anything like that. It is going to be hot. So, you guys can wear shorts. I will probably be in track shorts or running shorts the entire weekend. But also know that this is a church camp, okay? So, please do not wear the shortest shorts that you possibly have. It would be awesome if they could go down to your fingertips. Also, I know that it's hard to find shorts that are that short. So, this is what I would say when you are picking your shorts to bring to camp. If you bend over at all, or if you are standing straight up, there should be no chance of your buttocks coming out of the shorts whatsoever, okay? If you are sitting down or if you are in a harness of some sort, which you will be in throughout the weekend, you want to make sure, uh, sure that your shorts are long enough to where it will not expose anything that you would not want shown, okay? <laughs> <laughs> that should be pretty self-explanatory, okay? Um, also, please don't wear crop tops. I know that this is a huge fashion thing right now and that a lot of us will say that it's fine if it's a crop top if we're wearing high-waisted shorts. It's still not because we're going to be doing activities the entire weekend where you guys will be raising your hands up above your head. You guys will be running a ton. You guys will be doing all these different physical activities where your stomach would be exposed a lot of the time. It's going to be very, very uncomfortable. Um, if you wear a crop top, we will ask you to change. If you wear shorts that are too short, we will ask you to change. That's why we're giving you this fair warning now. Also, if you wear a crop top to camp, Sean has personally volunteered to um, take that crop top and wear it personally himself. Yes. Yes. So if you don't want to see me wearing it, don't, don't, don't bring, bring it. it. Okay, we will. Because I'll wear it. I don't, I'm like a puppy. I don't get embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> I'll straight up, I'll wear that little Rolling Stones logo yeah. crop top and i'm a lot bigger than a lot of the girls in this room so yes. it's gonna not be pretty so, so just just wear a normal shirt if you don't want your crop top to be worn by pastor sean which would be absolutely humiliating I not for get, him but for you i get really don't sweaty forget. too so keep that in mind yeah, don't do it um okay so just know it's a church camp again we're not gonna judge you we're not gonna be super super strict on anything except for shorts being too short or crop tops as well. We will ask you to change. It will be embarrassing for both of us and it's just gonna waste time. So wear a shirt where when you raise your hands up above your head, there is at least an inch left of shirt before it begins to show your stomach. Okay, here's a good question. How can I make up for a bad past? This person was a little specific. They said as drugs and things I've said, but just add anything that we might be ashamed of in our past. So how can we make up for that? You don't have to make up for it. Um, the second that you ask Jesus into your heart and ask him to forgive you for those things, it's gone. 
your past is gone, every single bad thing that you've ever done that continues to haunt you, Jesus has already forgotten about it. So when you say, oh gosh, I'm so sorry again, Jesus, for what I did in the past, he's like, what are you talking about? I don't even remember what you're talking about. He has already washed it away. His mercies are big enough for you. No matter what you've done, he can handle it. And so you don't have to make up for it. He's already forgiven you for it. And now he just wants you to forgive yourself. Yeah, and, and a phrase I always say is that um, scars tell a story, but wounds make a mess, right? So when you think about a cut, like if you don't dress it, if you don't put a Band-Aid on it, it's going to bleed everywhere. It's going to get infected and stuff like that. So while Jesus does forgive our past and he, he's forgotten about it, it's still like it, you have to deal with it and pray through it and repent and ask for forgiveness and all that stuff. And that's what happens when you accept Jesus into your heart. But you have to let those wounds heal so that they can turn into scars and then you have a testimony, right? So what you went through in your past is, is how you help people who are going through something similar come to know Jesus, come to see Jesus' victory through that situation. And so Revelation 13 says the, we will overcome by the power of, or the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And so it's, you went through what you went through for a reason, right? It's not just this random event to you that happened to you that is really hard and and God's picking on you. Um, That's not how it works at all. You went through what you went through so that you can be an effective minister and help somebody else who's going through a similar situation. Yeah. And for me, like something that I come back to a lot is um, one of like something Jesus said on the cross is it is finished. Like his work on the cross was, was for that your past. It was for our sin. It was for that moment. And so for me, if, if we dwell and live in the past, it, we're not letting Jesus' blood cover us. We're not letting his work on the cross be enough for us. And so that's something I have to tell myself a lot. Like, it is finished here. Like, Jesus already did the work for you. Like, quit trying to, like, make up for it. There, that's not a thing. That's not, Jesus isn't like, okay, well, figure out how you're going to get to me. Like, that is literally what the cross, what the work of Jesus Christ did was, was pay for that, was cover that. And so let it be finished. Let his, his blood on the cross cover our sins. And come get prayer. Like come talk to one of us staff members, one of our volunteers, come pray with somebody about it. We also have this curriculum that, um, pastor Tim Madeline's dad wrote called spiritual warfare. And if that's something that you're interested in, like getting like true healing and deliverance from those things in your past and, and really closing those doors so you can move on. Come talk to us. We'd love to like explore that with you and kind of unpack what that looks like and maybe get you in that class. It is really intense. So we want to make sure that you're in the right place for it, that your heart is ready for it, but come talk to us and pray with us. That's what we would love to minister to you and, and help you through those things. Um, and just be there with you alongside you. Yeah, and I think with that, like the Bible talks about if we confess our sins one to another, we will be healed. And so recognizing confession is actually a really beautiful thing. If you have a safe place and a safe person to talk to, um, Jesus actually, like Jesus is the one that forgives our sins, but when we confess one to another, he will heal our wounds. He will heal that, those those things. So that's such a huge part of, of the Christian walk is, you know, it's even good for us, Pat, it's good for everyone to, to confess those things that we've done so that we can be healed from them. Okay. Um, several questions on this one. one. One person asks, what is your opinion on gay people? And then somebody else says, what does the Bible say about gay people? All right. Uh, since that's the one none of us want to touch, I'll just jump right in. Um, first of all, God created everybody. 
every single person on this planet, every single person you agree with, you don't agree with, any, anything like that. God created that person, and he loves them deeply, right? And so everybody has sin patterns, right? Everybody has a sin that they struggle with. Everybody's got something that's, that's tough in their past, and that's no different. Um, the Bible does talk about this and it talks about how it is a sin, um, and that sort of thing, but that our response to them is no different than to somebody who's an alcoholic or to somebody who struggles with lying or greed, that sort of thing. Our response to them is to love them. Jesus said the two most important commandments are to love God and love people. And so we don't know the whole story a lot of the time right? We don't know everything that's happened in somebody's past, present, and future. We don't know what they're going through and stuff like that. So it's important that we meet them with kindness and, and love. Um, and, you know, you're not going to, in that first interaction, come at them with the truth of this is a sin because you don't have rapport with them, that sort of thing. You have to build a relationship with somebody. And it is okay to be friends with somebody like that, right? It's okay to have friends and people in your life who have a differing opinion than you. And if they ask you about it, share them, you know, your beliefs with truth and love. So say the truth, but also meet them with love of like, Jesus still loves you. Jesus still accepts you. And I would love for you to come to church with me and get to know other Christians and see what that life is about. But we don't just club people over the head because they believe something different than us. Yeah. um, And specifically, like, like why we, why we believe, I mean, we believe the Bible, right? The Bible is truth. This is like the foundation of Christianity. This is where we get all of our belief systems. And, and we do believe that um, God does not agree with, with being gay. It says in um, Romans chapter one, it says, um, because of this, God gave them over to their shameful lust. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received themselves a due penalty for their error. Like Jesus created in the beginning Adam and Eve, man and woman. And that is that is the foundation of how God created us to live that is that is where we find cover that is where we find protection is in marriage with man and woman and so just recognizing like it's again it's not that we're judging them we're we're just basing our beliefs on what God has said to us and so we love them we love them we are kind to them we accept them um but we don't necessarily agree with with their choices but that's with every sin that's with people living with each other outside of marriage that's that's with gossip that's like it's so many different things it's not I don't know. Yeah, and that, that kind of touches back on that, like what we were talking about with politics, right? Um, mm-hmm. People have different opinions than us. It doesn't change how we love them. It doesn't change yeah. what Jesus has asked us to do in the gap. And that's welcome them, love them. Um, and then once you have a relationship with them, help them, right? And so that looks different. And it, it is, it's really murky. It's really kind of a minefield when you're a Christian in today's world. It's, it's just tough. And so if... If you're struggling with that, if you have a friend who's struggling with that, again, we would love to talk to you and, and pray with you and try and just meet you in the middle, right? Um, that's, that's why we're here, is, is to introduce you to Jesus and the Holy Spirit, right? He's not against you. I, I just feel like I keep need to, needing to drive that home. Jesus does not hate you, right? Jesus does not hate you for what you're struggling with, right? And I'm sorry that people have been awful 
Sometimes people are awful and they themselves, you know, we, it's like an old church saying, but hurt people hurt people. And so pe- everybody's hurting. Everybody's got something that's hurt. And, and that's how we end up hurting others. And, and I'm sorry. But again, we meet them with truth and love. You can't meet somebody with truth without love because they won't hear it. Probably one or two more. Yeah, I think we have time for one or two more. Let's two do, more? Yeah, let's do two more. Okay. <laughs> So several people are asking questions. I'm just going to kind of paraphrase this. They were like how they approach their parents about problems they're having. Somebody mentioned pornography. Somebody just kind of was vague and just said, I did something bad and I want to confess, but how do I approach my parents? How do I do that? So kind of touch on that some. Yeah. Um, I'm a parent. Um, <laughs> and I'll just, it, can I just be real honest and say it's the hardest thing in the whole entire world? Um, and I know that our parents get it wrong, and I personally get it wrong a whole lot, and I have to apologize to my girls a whole lot and say, Mommy, you got that one wrong. Um, so recognizing um, you might go and confess to your parents, and they might not handle it the right way, but you're doing the right thing. You're doing the right thing by bringing your parents into to confessing. And again, the Bible says if we confess our sins, he's faithful to heal us in that. Um, even if your parents' response isn't, isn't the right one necessarily. Um, but I, I don't know. Yeah, and, and it's tough. As a parent as well, whenever my daughter does something wrong and she feels the need to hide it from me, it's because of my reaction, yeah. right? It's because I've had a negative reaction to that behavior. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I, you know, just as a parent, I feel really bad that that's, that happens. And I try really hard to meet my daughter with grace. But, you know, and, and we're going to advocate for parents because we are parents. But we also want to advocate for you because yeah. we love you. And so if you're in a situation where it's not a safe mm-hmm. relationship with your parents, again, we would, we're here for you. Small group leaders are here for you. Um, we want to be sensitive to people who might not have that sort of kind of relationship with their parents where they could tell them that they're struggling with pornography or something like that. Mm -hmm. That's also why the church exists is, is to have accountability in your life. The Bible does say though, to honor your mother and father. So when you live in your parents' house under their rules, you got to follow that because that's a commandment from God. Um, He expects that of us. And so that can just be following the rules um, and not giving back talk, that sort of thing. But I what Pastor Sarah said is tell them anyway if it's a safe relationship, right? If it's a safe place to come to them and be honest with them with your struggles, your parents love you and they want what's best for you and and they want to come around you and help you. They just might not react the best way in the first place. And can I be honest? That's because we have no idea what we are doing. Don't tell them we said that. Don't tell them we said that. But But I remember growing up, my parents, because I'm the oldest, would always tell me, we're figuring it out as we go with you. Sorry. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, and, and it was like refreshing honesty, honestly, is like, we got that one wrong. Cause there's no handbook. We don't know what we're doing. There are parenting books, but they're not helpful. <laughs> like they just aren't. I didn't learn a thing from them. The parenting books, my parents, I learned a lot. I'm not a parent. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. So I'll go from the child perspective. The biggest thing is I didn't want to disappoint my parents. I would mess up, and then I'd feel guilty, 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 and then I would want to tell them, but I'd be like, but what if they look at me differently? What if they see me differently? I wouldn't care what the punishment was. I'd be like, yeah, I deserve to be grounded. Yeah, I deserve to have my phone taken away, but what if they don't look at me the same way? And I think the truth is is that that's just something that the enemy is holding over your head to keep that separation between you and your parents. The guilt and the shame is going to eat you up so much more than just coming clean and just say, you guys... 
I messed up. I'm so sorry. This is the truth. And that will, yes, suck in the moment, but you're going to feel a million times better and your parents are going to respect you a million times more for just being honest. They've been there. They've been the same age as you. They've faced a lot of the same struggles. And if it is a healthy relationship, they will understand and you guys can bring about some point of resolution. If it's not healthy, um, then you can come and talk to one of us pastors. We'd love to pray with you, give you some advice on that situation. Yeah, I think too, like it when my girls, which is rare, but if they come and confess to me, I'm so much more gracious. Like, thank you for being honest with me as opposed to me finding out a different way than I'm mad. Um, but if they can confess, um, it's, it's really a beautiful thing where I can give so much more grace. Yeah. All right, we're going to end on a light note here. Um, somebody asked two times, what's the funniest thing that has happened to you? <laughs> the funniest or the most embarrassing? Well, could be the same. Okay. One and the same. Okay. Sean, you have to have like a billion stories running through I your mean, mind. I just have basically 30 years of irrefutable <laughs> proof that God has a sense of humor. Um, <laughs> Uh, I'll have to think so. If you I know, I know. Okay, um, go, sir. I don't know. I'm thinking. Oh, I thought um, you said you know. Sorry. Oh no, I, I, I'm, she's I'm, agreeing. Um, this is a stumper. Sorry, this is really boring. We're just sitting. Here okay, today. I'll tell mine. It's okay, a, yeah, go for it. Yeah, Tom, give us some time. <laughs> I don't know why this popped up today too. So it's funny somebody asked. So I was in high school and I, I had my toughest class. It was my history class, most boring class. I had the boring, boring teacher, and so I made myself sit in the t front of the class. And so one day, I was, I was just ha still half asleep, and then I was just, it was wintertime, and I kind of had a long sleeve shirt, and I felt something in my sleeve, and I was, I was just kind of, I just wasn't really thinking. I'm sitting right in front of class. So then I kind of reached in and pulled it out, and I'm you know, holding it up, and I'm thinking, what is that? And then it, <laughs> it's funny, and it's horrifying at the same time. <laughs> then it dawned on me, my mom had washed my clothes that, that night with my sister's clothes. This was my sister's thong. Oh, <laughs> out of the sleeve. And then the horrifying thought was, that's my sister's thong. But then it was more horrifying was that everybody was silent. And I looked up and the teacher was staring at me. And everybody around was staring I'm holding my sister's thong. That's the best. This isn't that show and tell time, horrible. Tom. Okay. I think I know mine. That's hilarious. Really quick. I know mine. Okay. Um, I student taught at Grand Junction High School uh, last year. Does anyone go to Junction High? Okay. You guys... <laughs> So I student taught there, and it was like one of my first weeks that I was there, and I was pulling into the teacher's parking lot, and I was super nervous. I was super in a rush trying to get from my classes at CMU over to the high school on time, and so I was stressed the entire time, frazzled, and then I finally, uh, and the day went really well. I was like, yes, that was a good day. I did so well. I didn't embarrass myself at all, but now I've got to get to my next classes as soon as possible. So I'm backing out of the student teaching parking lot, and all of a sudden, bam, I hit something so hard, and it's during a passing period, so there's like a billion people out in the parking lot just laughing. And so I get out of my car, I'm like, crap, this is just like me to hit something. I look, there's not a ton of damage, and I'm like, okay, well, I need to figure out whose person's this car is. So I ask one of the teachers that's standing there, and they're like, um, yeah, that's the principal's car. <laughs> yeah, so I had hit the principal's car, as a student teacher, and so I had to go and find the principal to tell her what had happened. So I go to the office and I say, hey, I need to talk to the principal. And they're like, well, why? And I was like, well, I, I need to tell her something. And they're like, you can't just speak to her. You need to tell me what it is. So I'm like, well, okay. I hit her car in the parking lot. So then the receptionist gets over the walkie-talkie and she says, 
Miss Renneke, there is a student teacher here by the name of Madeline Ansel who needs to talk to you. She just hit your car in the parking lot. <laughs> the entire radio wow. says that over the entire thing. Luckily, you guys have a really nice principal. She was super sweet. We got it arranged, but that was, that was sad. Sad day. Ugh. Yikes. Okay. Um, I just have so many. Um, so this one time, I was in youth group, right? And... Um, we got to go to the big service because the whole church was doing communion. And so, and I had never done communion. Some of you may have heard this story, but I had never done communion and I did not know what to do. And so I went up and I got my little cup of juice and I got my little bread. And where I went to church, we had the best communion bread. Like this lady in the church made it homemade and it was just, it was so good. But anyways, that's totally beside the point. Um, and so I get my little communion elements. And I'm standing with my friends in the back and like, they all have their eyes closed, and it's a very spiritual moment, and I'm, like, looking around, like, what the heck is going on here? And the guy's talking about drinking blood and eating a body, and I was like, what's happening? <laughs> and so um, I, like, am really nervous and getting kind of sweaty and clammy and not able to hold on to things very well, and I spilled my communion juice everywhere. <laughs> and it was, like, carpeted in the church, and so there was, like, this big old red stain, and I'm like... Like, looking at all my friends, and they're just, they're no help at all. They're all laughing at me, and it, it just was pretty embarrassing. I don't get embarrassed very much, but that's something I think about a lot. Like, every time I take communion as an adult, I'm like, okay, Sean, <laughs> two hands on the juice and the, the little bread thing, because we don't need a repeat of a little 11-year-old Sean. Um, I, but, again, like I said, 30 years of just God has a sense of humor is my life. Like, it's like a sitcom in, in my day-to-day world. Uh, I feel like all my funny stories are my children. One day, when you're much, much older, get married and have kids. They're hilarious, and it's really hard. Um, But I would say, and I I mean, I tell these stories all the time, but probably like the one of the worst ones that my kids said to me um, was I had just gotten back from a run. Many of you have heard this, but I just gotten back from a run. I run early in the morning, and the girls were just waking up, and I... I'm always so happy to see them. They're so cute and sweet in the morning, and nothing has gone wrong that day. So I'm just like, <laughs> I go to Adley, and I'm like, Adley, good morning. It's so good to see you. And I pick her up, and she's like, Mom, you smell like a five-layer beefy cheesy burrito. I was like, oh. awesome. Uh, put you down. I'm going to go take a shower now. That, that um, one always hurts to hear. <laughs> so that was, I don't know, those kind of things just, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's weird. I feel like we all have better stories than that, but when you're put on the spot, you know how your brain just like goes right. blank. I thought Tom's was pretty epic. Tom's is pretty funny. <laughs> pretty yeah, Tom's he definitely won really the good. funniest, most embarrassing <laughs> moment story. Well, thank you guys so much. We uh, love you. We'll pray really quick, and then we'll release you guys to go and hang out, have some fun. Dear Jesus, we love you, and we thank you that you're the kind of God who's not afraid of our questions. You're not afraid of our curiosity. So we just pray that you continue to stir that in these students and that they just have the right places to come to receive your godly truth from the right people, from the right sources. We just pray that you bless them this week, keep them safe and healthy and strong to enjoy their graduations, to enjoy their last week of school, but overall to just dwell in you and your presence. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.